bring in George Tillis and Scott Durfee. Talk some more about the session here today. Scott's our contributor, George Tillis, our senior markets correspondent. Joining us from the great state of Utah, gentlemen. All right, the Bulls are back, George. Is it pure insanity after what we were going through yesterday, or is inflation all that really matters? That's all that matters, OJ. This is uh, what the Bulls have been waiting for, I suggest, probably for the last four or five months at the least. Uh, when it comes down to deceleration inflation trends or disinflationary trends, I mean, this is a pretty meaningful rally. Question is right now, and I think you brought up a good point about the Dow, uh, essentially, is those August highs. The broader markets on the S&P, we're still not there quite yet. We got to consider 4,300 is the area to see if it breaks above that. Uh, but at the same time, the 50-week moving average is around 4170. So that's, again, a couple hundred points uh, higher from here. We'll see if it can continue, but that's all that matters. Right now, inflationary pressure has been putting pressure on equities, bonds. We saw a huge rally in the long-term bonds overall. And as you mentioned uh, earlier, look at what's been moving, the high beta technology names. I mean, I think Apple was up close to 9% when last I looked. That's, that's incredible. I don't think I've ever seen a uh, a stock like Apple move in that capacity, at least uh, in the green, ever uh, in my life. But also consumer uh, discretionary and real estate. Those are other sectors that uh, proved uh, worthy uh, in today. But the question is, is this a gap and trap or a gap and go? Uh, and again, uh, based upon the inflation metrics, based upon the movement today, it's a possibility we see at least another couple hundred points before we find some resistance in the S&P 500. But by all means, you know, we got to stay cautious. Uh, it's not a major trend reversal until we get back above those August highs. Or I'm sorry, yeah, August yep, highs. Yep, no, I love that point. NASDAQ furthest away from those August highs. S&P a little bit closer. Russell 2000 closer still. Well, about the same as the S&P. The Dow right there, though. Could we get the, uh, uh, the boomer index to uh, boom first? Uh, Scott Durfee, what do you think? Are we going to get a higher high in the, in the Dow Jones? Because... Tell you what, man, I don't think anybody would have saw that coming. Yeah, I don't think any of us saw what was coming today, too, though. So, you know, potentially, sure. Uh, but you know what? I'm not so sure. I, I mean, I have optimism based on what we've seen happen today. George is absolutely right. It is interest rates that are driving the market and our response to what might be coming. Even though there's been no announcement made, there's the supposition here now that because of the CPI numbers that there will be a slower roll into the interest rates. We do need to remember, though, that we're still above 7%. That's quite a ways away from the uh, desired 2 point whatever percent that we're going for. So even though it feels good, we shouldn't get too excited and become too celebratory too soon. However, you know, we see moves like this and, and we can't ignore it. We can't turn our head from it. We do need to make sure that, you know, if that's our posture, that we're participating in these. But I think that we do need to make sure that we're careful with them, too. Not celebrating too soon. Be careful. I, I don't I don't see us going much lower. I think, you know, the uh, even though this might be a short term rally, we may come back and retest where we are now. But it seems like based on the new news and the interest rates, which do run the markets, I think that that's going to be uh, bode well for the markets going forward in that we are slowing the roll. You know, it's not a go and stop. It's not a, uh, a gap and go or a gap and stop. It might be just a gap and a slow roll now, George. Yeah, I like that. The gap and the slow roll. Uh, what do you think um, the uh, leadership dynamics could be here, George? Because the last several weeks, has been more about finding dividend-paying profitable businesses. And to me, that's arguably a more healthy market. It's one in which uh, companies 
that maybe shouldn't be public or don't have business models that make sense or plan to launch people into space in like 10 years uh, get punished, uh, you know, for not being viable. Uh, but then a day like today happens and it's like, what, did we not learn anything over the past year? I mean, could we possibly really see how far could some of those uh, super extreme, unprofitable, uh, you know, uh, magical business dreams actually go here because of one inflation print? So you got yeah, you still have to separate profitable growth from unprofitable growth. I mean, I think the high beta unprofitable names were the best performers today, and that's to be expected because of this uh, relief bounce that I suggest we're having right now. But the market's going to continue that transition, I think, OJ. If you're not profitable or not expected to be profitable in 2023, you're probably going to see maybe a short-term continuation, but I think the stocks in that category are going to be under pressure still. And the Dow also, interesting enough, you just think about the composition, it's price weighted. And so Microsoft and Apple, they really haven't had that much of an impact on the Dow. And I think that's why it has been outperforming as well. Plus, of course, the value and dividend payers that are in that index as well. Uh, but I'm still looking at the broader market, the S&P. I think that's more indicative of, of the market capitalization-based name. So if this continues, you should, in theory, again, see the mega caps and the better performing profitable technology names outperform sort of the value benchmark. So you can see growth, uh, growth at a reasonable price-based stock, so in other words, profitable growth versus value, perhaps outperform uh, maybe into the next uh, you know little while or so. When we have seasonal effects that are catalysts right now, the election effects uh, also, depending on the outcome, might be another catalyst overall, but there's still risk. And I think Scott brings up a great point to, to note. I mean, I, I think that uh, this market can slowly grind higher assuming the yield curve remains inverted. And I, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but when, it's, when you start to see the yield curve widen because of the fact that short-term interest rates are falling, uh, that's when you have to consider the, uh, the risks to the economy, the labor market, and so forth, which might put additional pressure on the market. So as long as, again, I know it sounds counterintuitive, again, it's uh, yields compressed. In other words, the long-term rates are falling, not short-term rates. Uh, this market might still have some uh, continuation in it. All right. Okay, uh, uh, guys, thanks for the thoughts. Appreciate it. George Till, Scott Durfee. We got to jump.